0: to uh, what has been a long time coming next episode of the five million dollar project so firstly my apologies it has been a long time since I lasted a video it's roughly three months um, and the reason behind this is it is actually intentional is because at the end of the last video I promised I said we will come back to you on the next video and we will commit to when this product's going to be to market fairly shortly after I'd recorded that video and we put it out there we bumped into something pretty significant that meant that was no longer a reality. There was absolutely no way I could come back and give a time of date. Um, it's been a really, really tough three months uh, to get to the point where we're at now. Um, but up until a few weeks ago, I, I really wasn't in a position where I could say, OK, this is this is when we're going to do it. So I promise you warts and all. Um, and this episode is going to be definitely some warts um, because we have had quite a few hiccups. Um, as we've gone through this, the really good news is that we feel we're out the other side of it now. Um, we are very, very confident of when our first test clients are going onto the platform, and we've also got a date, give or take a couple of weeks, when the product's going to be ready to go to market. So I'll talk about those dates at the end of the video, um, but firstly, let's talk about sort of what's gone on over the last three months um, so I can give you a bit of a feel for sort of the life in the day of someone trying to build a software product uh, and some of the things that could be thrown at you. So, just finished, just wrapped up the last video. Um, Then we had our next board meeting, uh, sort of a few days after that. Um, Everyone was was relatively positive, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about going to commit to a date. And suddenly the technical team come to us and say, hey, what we've scoped is significantly bigger than what we thought we had. So. The technical team thought they were building this, I've scoped this, or this rather, and we're a long way apart. So what we're suddenly looking at is significantly more cost and significantly more time. This is probably the first major learn for me in terms of how a product is actually scoped because effectively, by this point, this project's been live, give or take a year, We've been developing at least six months, and only at this point are we realising, hey, this is a lot bigger than it should have been. I thought, perhaps naively, that the information I'd communicated in the earlier stage of the project would have been enough for the technical team to know how big this thing was. The reality was, once they got into the scope, it, well, when they got into the scope, it was only at this stage they realised how big the project was. So the bigger learn for me is, there's got to be a better way of doing this. And if I were to do it again, I would do far more detail at the earlier stage. And I'd also ease up on the level of detail I'm doing towards the later stage. Because from, from a context perspective, I was working somewhere between 20 and 40 hours a week on top of my normal job, putting together a really detailed scope. I was looking at things like where, does, where the buttons go, what happens if you click this, what sort of error message do you get here, um, what field needs to be over here. It was really, really granular level detail. I was working alongside two full-time BAs, uh, QA team, um, and various other people. Oh, sorry, designers as well. So UX specialists, graphic designers. And at that point, so we're, we're not only documenting what the product does in this scope, we're, we're also putting together lots of visual diagrams to represent how the product's going to move through. Um, so you're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages of documentation. Now, most of this is going to be pretty useful. Um, the problem is, there's quite a bit of it that probably isn't because the reality is now we, there's some of that that we're actually not going to do or some other things that are going to work in a, in a better way um, or you know they're going to be in a stage three or four. So it's nice to have all that, but I think we could have got to that point faster. And just to use an analogy for you, imagine you're building a house. I thought by showing the builders effectively Um, some examples of other houses that I quite liked and how they were built, and a rough plan and overview, overview, sort of a drawing of my house, I thought that was enough to say, hey, this is what we're trying to put together. It transpires, what they wanted was they wanted the architectural drawings, they wanted the structural engineering reports, the electrical plans, they wanted everything in a huge amount of detail to be able to come back and say, this is how much it's gonna cost and this is how long it's gonna take. I think there's a middle ground. I think maybe I could have gone and got some architectural drawings and a bit of structural engineering and put that together so there was enough for them to digest that information. And that's really how I would come at it um, if we were to do it again. So we're now in a position where we're having some fairly tense conversations at board level. So, you know, there's a lot of blaming going on um a lot of frustration from all parties technical team non-technical you know okay how are we actually going to get to where we want to get to we've clearly got some issues around cost and time bear in mind at that at that point in time it was costing us roughly eighty thousand dollars in development time alone every month so we're spending a lot of money at that that time and i distinctly remember sitting there in one of these zoom board meetings and saying hey guys should we just push pause? Because I felt that we were spending far too much money without a concrete plan on how we were going to get to the end result and it would be better to pause, not spend so much and um, sort of realign the direction we were going. Luckily, some of the other board members were a little bit more uh, positive in their approach um, and obviously made the, the very valid point that a lot of that 80000 that we're spending is valid. It is stuff that we need to do. Because the technical team haven't been just been working on the front-end stuff, which is really where I'm involved, but also the, the back-end side of things, building the database, figuring out how it interacts with other databases, all, all that side of things which actually now has put us in really, really good stead. But at the time, um couldn't really see it, couldn't really feel it, so it felt like it, it wasn't there. So we didn't push pause, but what we did agree is that the technical team led by the CTO were going to go away And they were going to investigate what other options have we got to get to the end result where we want to be. How else can we come at this? Um, Can we cut some things out here? Can we remove some things? Myself and a couple of the shareholders, one in particular, we went away and we reviewed the scope. And we basically broke it down and said, okay, we're going to do this, 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 this. These are key. These things can wait until stage two. These things we don't necessarily need. And we just got it into a really, really refined product. We then entered what for me is, well, it's just been incredibly frustrating, a period where effectively for about a month and a half, getting on for two months, we had to just say, okay, it's with someone else, they're working on a solution, they're continuing to develop the core, we're continuing to spend that sort of money that I mentioned earlier, maybe a little bit less, and we've just got to sit here. And for me, there was really nothing I could do. I I didn't have... I sort of lost confidence. I didn't have confidence I could do any of the planning, the go live stuff, interact with clients, obviously do these videos. Um, I was a bit down on the whole thing. Um, and I remember I've, I've looked at my diary and, and what it says is like, I have no option but to have faith. And that was it. If, if I didn't have faith that these guys were going to come back with something we could use, I, I, I think I'd have gone mad. But if you can imagine for six weeks or so just not doing anything on something that is your absolute passion, that's where I was at. Yes, we were getting sort of fairly regular updates on what was going on, but there was nothing, absolutely nothing I could do. So obviously I doubled down my energy on my other business because I've got to get that ready so it's running nice and smoothly for when Roy AI is, is progressing. Um, so actually that time has been fairly effective and there's been some positives come out of that. It's really, really helped me from that side of things. Um, but it was an incredibly stressful um, and odd sort of vacant period of time. So then fast forward to sort of sometime in September, and um, that's when the technical teams came back to us and said, hey, we've got a solution. We know how we can make what we need to do work. Um, And around the sort of remote table, there was a a sort of sense of joy and relief, a relief that uh, there was a way forward and we we could get to where we need to. Since then, I mean, we're, we're a month or so beyond that now. We've had a couple of other road bumps where you know the route we thought we were gonna take, we sort of went one step forward and then had to jump and go left a little bit and take another tact. Um but even yesterday I received another release and another example of something that's working. And I, I went to my wife actually and I said, Look at this, this is the product, it's working, it's doing what we want to do, it's nearly there. It was it was one of those points where you could finally sort of feel everything's coming together. Um yes. I know we're going to experience many more road bumps, but I had the faith and the confidence that we're, um, we're going to get to market and what we've got is really, really good. It's going to make a significant difference to a lot of recruitment organizations and I can see it and I can see it working. So where are we at now? Well, we've got a, a client confirmed uh, to be our first uh, one onboarding the product and testing the product and that's going to happen probably second or third week of November. From There, we'll bring in a couple of others over the course of uh, 2020. Um, and our view is by February that we'll be bringing on board new Job Adder clients because our integration with Job Adder is the strongest at the moment. We've also looked at Bullhorn and RDB, and there's others like Fast Track that are definitely in the pipeline. But Job Adder is built and sorted, so we know that we can get clients on, on that platform into our platform nice and early. So if you're a job at a user and you're looking for a platform that does marketing automation and automation other elements really really well then we'd love to hear you uh, hear from you rather we could definitely include a couple of other companies in the early stage testing and as i say, we'll be ready to go live early 2021.